This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our December 17th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all tuning in for this hour. I know we just have uh, eight days left until Christmas. Hopefully, you got your Christmas shopping done. I know I try to do a lot uh, online and can't get stuff until after Christmas. So, I had to go in person yesterday. So, hopefully, uh, you guys are all done. And uh, I know it still seems like it's a little bit of ways away, but it's going to be here quick. And then the new year. And uh, a new year brings new opportunities, uh, a new environment, right? We have a, a new president to be inaugurated on the 20th of January, and that brings a new administration, a new set of priorities, and potentially a, a different market, depending on what those priorities are, right? Now, we are in the midst of negotiations with the in Congress to pass the next stimulus bill. And it's, it's, I think it's going to get done because there's too many vital aspects of the first CARES Act that was passed in the spring that are going to expire at the end of this year. And so we're likely to get that as well. So what does that mean for markets? You know, we're in a very bullish scenario here, or at least uh, it's been bullish, right? Doesn't necessarily mean the future has to be bullish, though, uh, and doesn't mean that ones that have driven the market over the past year, even 10 years, have to be the ones that will bring the market higher in the future, right? So we're going to do our best in this hour to help you navigate this kind of changing market environment. It doesn't feel like it's changing probably too much yet. But underneath the surface, you're seeing a lot of different dynamics that, personally, I haven't seen in a while. Definitely not since the start of the pandemic. Now, I'm Justin Klein. On this program and podcast today, I'm going to do my best to provide you with the unbiased answers you are looking for to your finance and investment questions. I know you want to develop the strategies that will help you prosper, help you build a successful financial future and ultimately achieve financial independence. And that's what I'm here to do. So I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now let's check in on the market today. The S&P was up about 20 points. So modest update. You know, we're getting a lot of those, right? Just kind of grinding, nothing nothing surging, nothing uh, either way, right? It's just more uh, grinding higher. And that's not a shock uh, in the month of December. Now, some big stories, I think, post the Fed announcement yesterday was the dollar continued to be weak, right? Inflation expectations continue to go up. Uh, the Fed continued its swap lines. It didn't really change its bond buying uh, program. And I th- think right now they're on autopilot. They're okay with the equity markets overshooting. They're fine with it. You know, they're worried about 
months like March and April clearly more than a market that's overheated, right? Or inflation that's overheated. So that's the environment we're in. We know that, right? And they urge, once again, fiscal spending, and we know we're going to get that as well. Now, you can already hear that I have a busy and information-packed podcast for you today. So let's get right to our first caller at 888-99-CHART. Hi. Yes, I was calling to see what your thoughts were um, on two different cannabis stocks. One of them is Green Thumb Industries. The ticker symbol is GTBIF. And the other one is Liberty Health Sciences. And that ticker, I believe, is L-E-S-I-F. Thank you, um, and I look forward to your answer on the podcast. Okay. Well, Liberty Health Sciences is trading at about $0.40 cents a share. So it's a, it's a penny stock. Uh, really not a whole lot of revenue here. Trailing 12 months, $52 million. Uh, still, let's see, net income actually was positive. I, I like that. Um, hmm, this one's interesting because it's uh, it does look uh, relatively cheap. Now they're more on the medical cannabis side, right? They deliver pharmaceutical grade cannabis to patients, and hmm, it's interesting. So generates most of its revenue from dispensaries. Obviously, if it's legalized, they're not. They're not directly benefiting from that, right? Because you're going to start seeing the availability uh, uh, in a wider swath of stores and and retail outlets. So that's something uh, to consider. Now, the chart is just kind of chopped sideways, uh, and that worries me uh, in a market that this this these type of stocks are doing very very well uh and it's just kind of going sideways very low volume so i'm going to stick with green thumb i actually kind of like green thumb industries uh as a us based cannabis company right headquartered in chicago and they sell medicinal as well as recreational and they have a presence in already in 12 states and they have 50 cannabis stores and i like that i like that they op- they operate the actual stores so if I'm picking one, I'm going with Green Thumb Industries. Thanks for the call. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and the calendar doesn't lie. Winter will be officially here, what, on Sunday, looks like? Sunday, Monday, 21st? There we go, Monday. The holiday season has begun, so you have to be prepared for all the changes that are coming to this market and the task of building your financial freedom must always continue no matter what. And our goal here is to give you the required information and effective strategies to implement. Now, let me know what is on your mind. Your participation is an important part of the mix. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Christmas will be here soon. The start of a new year promises many changes. For investors, the challenge will be how to stay focused on maintaining your assets while navigating market volatility. That's where Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help. The phone lines are open and waiting for your questions now. 888-99-CHART. 
Now, my focus point today concerns the story. According to Massachusetts, Robinhood is a reckless company gamifying investing. So uh, there was just a, a lawsuit filed today by the state of Massachusetts, and we're going to go over what they claim. And I think there's a very interesting, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of new listeners here. Probably a lot of them have Robinhood accounts. Right? It's easy to, to set up. I understand that. They've done a pretty good job of uh, streamlining that. Uh, and they were the first to really offer commission-free trades. But now that the entire industry basically is offering free stock trades, does it really make sense to be a Robinhood? We're going to look into the, these allegations uh, and what it might mean for Robinhood investors and the industry as a whole. So we're going to touch on that. Also, the Labor Department is finishing up its fiduciary rule for retirement plans. So we're going to dig into what that might mean for the industry and when you're dealing with a potential advisor. Also, manufacturing in the U.S. We talked about deglobalization. And now with the weakening dollar, we may have seen a long-term, the bottom in the long-term decline of manufacturing here in the U.S. And we could see a resurgence. And we're going to talk about what that might look like and what industries will benefit the most. And then lastly, if we have time, if we have time, we're going to touch on the financial industry as a whole and how it's become such a large and important part of the economies of the Western world and how that impacts policy and the future of economies and markets. So we're going to get to that as well, hopefully, if we have time. But ultimately, the most important thing is what is on your mind. So I'm ready to take your call. Now, I don't go into detail on every program or podcast, but from time to time, I'd like to take a minute to remind you that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. What that means is we are dedicated to that unbiased guidance we give every day, either on air or off in the office, talking to listeners, clients, etc. And we practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients in the same strategies. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer to provide a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meeting. So send us a message through investtalk.com or call our offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Now let's keep the flow moving and go straight back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier on 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, Steve or Justin. This is Tyler. I'm calling from the Chicago area. I had a quick question about uh, American Wealth, ticker symbol AMWL. Um, I got a recently small position after the IPO. I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were. I know, uh, I think it was Justin last week said that you guys are big believers in the telehealth space. And um, I also work in uh, medicine and have seen a drastic shift obviously since COVID to that space. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the long-term potential growth opportunity. I believe they partnered with Google, so they you guys think they could um, take any of Teladoc's uh, market share over the years. Thank you so much. Look forward to your answer. Watch you guys every day. Love the show. Bye. All right. This is Amwell. is a telehealth company enabling digital delivery of care for its customers. It enables care delivery across full health care continuum from primary and urgent care in the home to uh, specialty consults as well. And 
this is obviously doing well. Its revenue is up 80% year over year, but it's still not profitable. Uh, let me look at its cash flow situation and see what that looked like. Uh, that's still negative. Um, so a couple things. I'm I'm looking at uh, we're we're looking at this space. Let's say that, and I'm looking at companies that have dual availability, right? That kind of are are out there melding the in office part of healthcare with digital, and I think that's going to be vital, right? Because some medical procedures appointments. They just cannot be done via telehealth, right? A, a, a tele platform, and I think it's going to be important for these tele platforms to partner or at least have some in-office availability, right? Because you don't want to be switching doctors just because uh, you know it's I want to go into and see the doctor and the doctor's far away, right? Or uh, it's just they're not connected. Right, so it, it's going to be a full ecosystem for me, uh, and that's what we're looking at. And Amwell doesn't have that, from my understanding here. So that's that's important, and the fact that they don't have that profitability yet. Their their revenue is growing, and they're not expanding their margins. Uh, so this is not the name that I'm getting excited about when it comes to this space just quite yet. So uh, I would continue looking. There are other ones in the space that I really like. 88899 chart, 88992 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, here's a quick reminder. I do have a special spotlight interview coming up at the halfway point of today's program and podcast. And I'll be taking, uh, I'll be talking with home health experts, Ron and Lisa, to talk about the trends in the home and staying healthy. And now, your participation is an important part of the mix, and we're taking your calls live at 888 chart Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question-and-answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Now, my focus point today involves the lawsuit brought by the Massachusetts Secretary of Commonwealth and what it claims is that the stock trading app Robinhood is reckless and has an exploitive business that uses these tactics on millennial clients. And what they're saying is, this is uh, from, let's see, William Galvin, he's the Massachusetts, Massachusetts Secretary of the Commonwealth, said, this is a very reckless company when it comes to these investors. They're interested in expanding their market base. They're not interested in serving their investors. And he was on CNBC a couple days ago. Or maybe it was today. Was it today? I think it was today. 
And basically he's saying that Robinhood uses aggressive tactics to attract inexperienced investors and uses gamification strategies to manipulate its customers. And it's failure to prevent frequent outages and disruption of its trading platform. We've seen that kind of over and over uh, again. And he thinks that inexperienced investors need protection. Says what we really want to make sure is that these people are treated fairly. We do not believe they are. And there's been obviously a rapid growth in Robinhood accounts since the start of the pandemic. About 3 million new customers in the first four months of this year. And what was interesting to me was a quote in this filing, or, or not, Article 40 in this filing. And what it says is, quote, For most orders of more than 100 shares, the analysis concludes that Robinhood customers would be better off trading at another broker-dealer because the additional price improvement that such orders would receive at other broker-dealers would likely exceed the approximately $5 per order commission cost that those broker-dealers were then charging. This is before kind of the bigger names uh, went to free trading as well. But it goes on to say, the analysis further determined that the larger the order, the more significant the price improvement losses for Robinhood customers. For orders over 500 shares, the average Robinhood customer order lost over $15 in price improvement compared to Robinhood's competitors, with the comparative loss rising to more than $23 per order for orders over 2,000 shares. So what it's basically saying is, you're not getting great execution. Right, the uh, Robinhood is skimming off the top, but we kind of knew that, right? So, the question is, how egregious is it? Will this change the industry, right? TD Ameritrade, Schwab, Fidelity, all the big brokers went to zero commissions late last year, right, in the fall, and driven by Robinhood, and they're saying, well, we can replicate that model. So if regulators start to crack down and saying, hey, you're not getting the best price, which that's what the regulation says, right? Should be getting the best price for consumers. However, if they're selling off your trades, which Robinhood does, and the other ones fairly do as well, and skimming off the top of those orders, small amount, sounds like it's small amount, right? Penny here half a penny there, but on trades of 100, 200, 500,000 shares, guess what? That can add up, right? So if you're trading 1,000 shares and the price improvement is a penny, that's $10, right? Because you're buying 1,000 shares. So you have to understand that. You have to understand... Nothing is free in this world. There's always a cost. And so this lawsuit, basically, just backs up the continued, I think, in my mind, mistrust that I have and a lot of professionals have with Robinhood. And the gamification of it is playing with investors' minds and making them more emotional, kind of coercing them into trades they wouldn't make otherwise, right? And that's the big issue here, is that investing isn't a game, right? 
you want to be an investor, it's not about, oh, what are other people interested in? That's called speculation. And that's really what this all, it's kind of what the market has turned into right now. You see that with the put call ratio where everyone's just buying calls in massive amounts. And we talked about that kind of pushing, pushing up uh, the, the market because of negative gamma. So, I don't know. I, I just urge everyone to, to maybe rethink that if you have money at Robinhood. Saying to leave, but I think your money is best served at one of the bigger brokers where you're going to have more customer service, more stability of the platform, and not going to be skimming off the top nearly as much as Robinhood because that's Robinhood's main source of revenue. Now, next invest talk, this story. Mortgage rates have fallen to another record low. According to Freddie Mac, the average interest rate on a 30-year mortgage rate dropped to a 50-year low. Yet soaring buyer demand is keeping home sales at the highest pace in more than 15 years. Steve will get to that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers. Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C. K E R 
H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E dot com, HackerOne dot com. You are listening to Invest Talk. What a difference a year makes. A pandemic, financial shutdown, and market volatility. You've got finance and investment questions, and Justin Klein is here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Welcome back to Invest Talk, and now we're going to pivot to our Invest Talk Sector Spotlight series. And today we're going to focus on the home, and we're going to be talking to Ron and Lisa Barris, who are the hosts of the Healthy Home Hacks podcast. And you can learn more about them on ronandlisa.com. They are home health experts and I think with the pandemic and everyone focusing on making their living space more livable and their bodies healthier I think this is a very uh, important one to to dive into so right now I'd like to welcome Ron and Lisa Barris welcome guys Well, thank you, Justin, for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, It's going to be interesting to hear your insights about this industry. And obviously, the pandemic has made people focus so much more on their living space and their home. And since they're spending more time there and their health, right, uh, the big question is, how can they avoid and survive getting sick? And so what type of products have you seen people most focus their efforts on to make their homes more functional and healthy? And also, why do they turn to you guys to uh, help with that? Well, Americans already spend 90% of their time indoors. But now, with this massive shift taking place that you mentioned, millions of people are working from home and instead of an office. And because of that, there's more interest in making one's home healthier and safer. In fact, according to Cision, 66% of Americans are working remotely at least part-time. That's two-thirds of the population. And the U.S. spends the most on health care per person than any other country, a whopping $10,586 per person to be exact. U.S. households spend $980 billion on health care, and that was in 2017, equating to $3,200 a person. So this is a huge issue, keeping your home healthy, and having healthy products is essential. Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. So in regards to types of products, so we've seen a surge in air purification products. So air purifiers have come a long way in terms of technology, pricing, and style. And many systems in the market now include air monitoring capabilities, portable home air purifiers, personal desk air purifiers. There's a plethora of those. In addition to that, too, also healthy cleaning products, which uh, you know pose no harm to people, pets, or plants. And that really includes hand sanitation as well, hand sanitizers. Those have been the most prevalent and most, you know, during this time of COVID lockdown. They turn to you to help uh, consults on, you know, what air purifiers to get or how, how, do the, how do you help your clients really fine-tune their home to make sure it is more functional and healthy? Ron and I are actually content creators and experts 
space, and we offer not only content through our website, Ron and Lisa, but we offer online digital courses where people actually get to take that, whether it's a year-long membership or a monthly package, depending what they want, and they get like a concierge service without the price tag where we guide them through every decision from the right air purification to the right water filtration, the best organic mattress, and like Ron was mentioning, healthy cleaning products. We even show people how to make their own home sanitizing cleaning products that aren't going to cause harm to you and your pets and your family and hand sanitizers and anything related to your home and building. Now, Lisa, you got sick after moving into a newly remodeled home, right? So tell us a little bit about that backstory and how home construction and remodeling kind of maybe has changed since then and what trends you see emerging in that field going forward that will make homes healthier on, you know, what from the ground up or in a remodel. Excellent question. I became sick from a newly remodeled home over a decade ago, and I was exposed to something called VOCs, and for listeners who aren't aware of that, that's volatile organic compounds. It's basically that new home smell, and what it is is it's chemicals off-gassing into the air. This can come from paints and sealants and adhesives and formaldehyde that is in so many building products today. It's, it's prevalent in our homes. And now consumers have become very savvy and educated, so they know the questions to ask manufacturers. Like, hey, does this floor imported from China have formaldehyde in it? And what, you know, what kind of sealants are you using? So we're seeing a large increase in products that are healthier that just didn't exist years ago. One would be insulation. Fiberglass insulation is really toxic. Um, those little tiny shards of glass can get lodged deep into your lungs and cause all kinds of problems. We're seeing, you know, asbestos is going to the wayside, and we're seeing a trend in healthy insulation, such as thermocork, something made from the bark of oak trees, as well as sheep's wool, and even cotton insulation that's made from recycled denim. So even, like, going deep down into the walls and into the floors, we're seeing not just the green sustainable movement that you'd see with solar panels, but materials that aren't going to cause harm to the workers and the people living in the homes, that aren't going to have those cancer-causing chemicals that they used to. And, of course, a lot of hard surfaces in the floor, much less carpet and much less vinyl, and more sustainable flooring, recycled wood, bamboo, concrete, tile, and all of that. That makes a lot of sense. Now, you both have appeared on the Today Show, Dr. Oz, Fox and Friends, and many more, uh, but the media environment is shifting dramatically. You talked before about your content creators uh, in a lot of ways. So how do you see your marketing reach evolving in the age of social media and kind of away from the dominance of cable news? Well, Justin, as you are well aware, uh, podcasting is exploding today and driving product sales because of the podcast. And we recently launched our new podcast, Healthy Home Hacks. And according to Podcast Nation, over 61% of podcast listeners have purchased something they heard about in a podcast ad. And this year, podcasting hit an all-time high with 55% of people having listened to a podcast and 50% of all homes. That 60 million homes are podcast fans, and we've leveraged that. So in addition, through our online digital courses, you know, we offer people a convenient and efficient way to obtain reliable information to protect their families while avoiding the pitfalls of misinformation that's really so prevalent on the web right now. We're really seeing everything going digital, as we all are. And like Ron said, uh, research and markets forecast 
the online education market to hit $350 billion by the year 2025. That's triple the revenue of 2015, which was $107 billion. So e-learning platforms are definitely part of our future, and we're seeing that trend just really explode. Well, it sounds like you both are, are pivoting in the right direction uh, into the digital age and uh, doing very well and, and offering uh, a lot of great information that hopefully will keep people healthier and, and happier in their homes, especially in this time. So uh, thank you for coming on, Ron and Lisa. This was uh, very informative. Hopefully our listeners can take these, these trends and not only implement them for themselves, but uh, find some uh, investments that fit this track where uh, more and more people are going to invest in their homes where they live uh, and that will certainly feed into earnings of the companies that sell those types of products. So uh, thank you once again, Ron and Lisa. Thank you for being here. Once again, if you want to learn more about them, you can go to ronandlisa.com or tune into their podcast, Healthy Home Hacks. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Bye. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin, thank you for listening. Christmas will be here soon. The start of a new year promises many changes. For investors, the challenge will be how to stay focused on maintaining your assets while navigating market volatility. That's where Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help. So tell your friends about the free InvestTalk podcasts. Listen live or download anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and waiting for your questions now. 888-99-CHART. Now, the U.S. manufacturing industry has experienced a lifetime of distress over the last few decades, especially since China entered the World Trade Organization in the late 90s. And as we look forward, there looks to be a potential shift in a post-pandemic world. And there are a few things that are going to push more and more manufacturing onshore and change the dynamics of global supply chains and what companies and how companies are making money. Now, this is certainly going to require a strong recovery from this recession. Uh, we've already had that to some degree. How much and how quickly can we roll out the, uh, the vaccine in order to get back to normal? Localizing of pl- supply chains are also going to be important, as well as onshoring those uh, manufacturing capabilities. And technological advancements have now kind of leveled the playing field between us, the U.S., and other countries, especially China. Now, for many decades, there's been a lack of investment in the necessary infrastructure and the manufacturing base and supply chains here in the U.S. to invest more in China, for example. You know, they've taken the lead on manufacturing and they're the manufacturer of the world. And they've done a very good job as a leadership, right, to create a country that is set up for manufacturing. 
Now, in 2000, the U.S. industrial companies were 15% of the S&P 500. Now they're only about nine. Now, the market for some goods remained strong during the pandemic. Others were hit very hard, right? Anything related to aerospace, restaurants, hotels, etc., those were tough. But paper products, PPE equipment, uh, cleaning supplies, those saw huge gains. Couldn't run their factories fast enough. Other places like hardware stores, HVAC suppliers, etc., were big beneficiaries. Why? Because more people were focusing on their home, like Ron and Lisa just talked about. Now, with interest rates very low, however, and kind of a resurgence in order books, manufacturers are now expanding, especially here in the U.S., and there's a few reasons why. Now, one has to do with labor. For many years, China was the, had the big, big cost advantage when it, come to, when it came to labor, but that's no longer the case. Why? Because for years, while the labor inflation in China was going steadily higher, labor inflation was actually deflating, right? Labor costs were deflating here in the United States. So now to make labor competitive here in the U.S., you need to produce the same quantity and quality of products for, with about half the employees. Now, that's difficult unless you have automation and good software, and that's been a big trend as well. Now, companies were looking at this beforehand, before the pandemic, right? There were already concerns about supply chain risks, right? Having to ship things halfway around the world, taking two weeks to get here on a container ship, uh, you know, in-demand, you know, on-demand supply chains are difficult in that environment, or more difficult, shall we say. And so, they began, a lot of companies have began to lose face, faith in globalization and started to at least plan on shoring, and they're doing that more aggressively now. Right, tensions over South China Sea, heightened technology theft, we've seen that, IP theft, that's a big deal. And so this was already somewhat of a trend pre-pandemic, but it's certainly accelerating dramatically dramatically. Now, the pro progress in data analytics have really solidified that companies can utilize cloud computing, artificial intelligence, etc., to really bring factories into a different age where they can often have better things like higher safety levels, higher employee morale, lower turnover, of staff, higher quality control, faster product cycles, right? Getting it uh, up and running, get a, getting a, a plant up and running to produce something, lower environmental impact, and just better co company culture overall. So there's a lot of side effects, not just the math, but kind of qualitative advantages to manufacturing here in the U.S. as well. So, uh, and the weaker dollar, right? The, the dollar starting to get very weak, continuing to be very weak. It means our competitiveness is improving, and that's why I see manufacturing moving back. 
Now, after the break, we're going to get to a caller question, but first I want to highlight our KPP Premium Newsletter. It comes out every single Friday, so it'll come straight to your email box if you're a subscriber. Uh, there's a lot of great, valuable information in there. Steve does a rundown of the market, economic news, and what that means, right? And then we have some stock ideas, not recommendations, but ideas to maybe put on your watch list to buy at the right point. Then portfolio management, I think that's the most underrated part of the newsletter, Right, how to manage risk, manage a portfolio, what do different uh, asset classes mean for a broad-based portfolio, and how to manage risk. And then lastly, the consumer watch section, which is more of a personal finance, how to make sure your personal finance house is in order, which is just as important as the investment side. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here each and every weekday is to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. So, our work continues after this final break at 888 99 Shark. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck. Because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is L.A. from Atlanta. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time caller. been listening to your show for about two years now, and it's helped me tremendously. So I'd like to thank you first and foremost. My calling question is regarding the stock Palantir, P-L-T-R. Palantir, it's a new stock that operates in the realm of cybersecurity and software development, and the stock is only a few months old, and generally I would like to wait the advised six months time frame before considering purchasing, but I like the potential growth value of this stock. I think Palantir is in a better position to compete in the future in the defense sector and has a growing footprint in the public sector. Overall, I'd, I'd like to get your analysis on this stock. Thank you very much. Well, I like what you're looking at, uh, companies that are focused on cybersecurity, and especially when it comes to the U.S. government, I think that is a, a big shift that we're going to see over the next 20, 30 years, that defense spending is going to be far more focused on the cybersecurity space, right? Just look what recently happened with uh, Russia and hacking a bunch of our comp companies uh, through one single uh, security companies. So uh, that's going to continue and there's going to be more money allocated there. Now the big issue here on this is the recent IPO. Uh, it's done very well, uh, but it's at a point now where you're talking about an enterprise value of $47 billion, and it's done less than a billion dollars trailing 12 months in, in just revenue. So you're talking about 40 plus times revenue and 10 is expensive, 20 is expensive, right? Uh, it's just extremely expensive stock, uh, still negative cash flow, uh, losing money. And, and so longer term, I think they'll, they'll do well, but I think, uh, what's going to happen here, especially you're coming up on, let's see, one, two, about three months. I don't know when the lockup period for insiders are, but I would imagine a rush of them are going to be selling shares and they've already sold uh, a lot of shares adding to the share count diluting shareholders so uh, to me I think you've missed the move uh, now certainly uh, from a technical perspective it has a kind of a wedge here over the past uh, three weeks or so and it's probably even going to break up 
or break down. Maybe it'll have one more leg higher, certainly possible. Uh, but at these prices, longer term, it's just not a place that I want to be would be entering, uh, especially heading into that lockup period expiring here in the next few months. So uh, I would keep it on my radar. Uh, it's on my radar, uh, but it needs to be much, much cheaper than it is today. You know, sub eight dollars. I would be interested uh, in picking this up, uh, but at $27 a share, $47 billion market cap, it needs to get much cheaper. Thanks for the call. 88992-4278. So you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, lastly, I want to touch on the new Labor Department's rule that is coming down that's going to affect 401k plans mainly. Now, the this has been a battle for the industry and regulators for many years now. And while the Labor Department is putting through this rule, it doesn't take effect until after Joe Biden is inaugurated. Right? So that's really the big issue here because under federal law, it takes 60 days to be put into effect. And what this is going to, uh, and so what it means is it's probably going to be revised. Uh, but it's holding brokers more accountable to putting their interest of their clients ahead of their own, right? That's what being a fiduciary is. And a broker, a broker's collecting commissions, if they're selling you mutual funds, if they're selling you annuities, uh, whole life insurance, you know, those type of products, there is a conflict of interest. And that's what the rules around this industry are starting to try to change. But there's a lot of lobbyists, a lot of big money, trying to keep the incentive structure the way it is because it's been so profitable for that side of the industry for so long. And so while this is increasing oversight, a lot of consumer advocates are criticizing it because they're arguing it weakens the standards under... Uh, uh, the ERISA Act of 1974. And so this is something to continue to watch because it's going to change the industry when they kind of solidify the, the ruling. And I think that will happen actually under the Biden administration probably in the next year or so. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I'll return on Monday, first official day of winter. Steepies will be here tomorrow with highlights for the newest KPP premium newsletter. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts for free. Download over at investtalk.com as well as iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.